In this episode, I talk to Charlotte Wibberley about the so-called Superman syndrome, virtual assistants, and online business management. Listen to Charlotte talk about how she built her virtual assistance business and how she's now expanding into online business management. Hear how you can use virtual assistants to free up your time to concentrate on what you do best and maximize your business revenue in the process. That's all right here in episode 57 of the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. Welcome, you're listening to the podcast for financial services professionals looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of marketing, protection and finance. For each episode, you can find the show notes and links to things we talked about at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. So let's get on with the show and here's your host, Roger Edwards. Hello and welcome to the Empath Podcast. I've got a great interview for you today about the fascinating topic of virtual assistance and how it could help your business and your bottom line. But before we get there, can I, as usual, ask you a quick favour? I'm looking to widen the audience of the Empath Podcast and to invite even more amazing guests who will share their experience with you to help you grow your businesses. So can I ask you to share the podcast with one, just one friend or colleague, either by email or the share buttons that you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. If you have any comments about the show or would just like to have a chat, look me up on Twitter. My handle is at Roger underscore Edwards. That's at Roger underscore Edwards. I love to chat. I love to swap ideas. And most importantly, I love to help. So let's get into that interview with Charlotte Wibberley. An ex-executive assistant, project manager and events manager for over 10 years in the City of London, Charlotte is now an entrepreneur specialising in virtual assistance and online business management. She founded Blossom Executive Support in 2013 and has just launched the Charlotte Wibberley Your Right Hand Woman OBM service. Her experience is with blue chip companies, mainly in the financial services industry, specialising in the protection market. So let's get right into that interview with Charlotte right here on the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. So Charlotte, welcome to the Empath podcast. Thanks, Roger. Hi. How are you this morning? I'm good, thank you. I've got a large coffee and um, good night's sleep, so feeling tip top. Good. And tell me, where are we Skyping you from? I am at home in my home office, so that's Chelmsford, Essex. So Charlotte, today we're going to talk about quite a few interesting business ideas. We're going to be talking about virtual assistance. We're going to be talking about online business management. Before we get to that, though, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, where you come from, what your ambitions are. Basically, Charlotte, what makes you tick? Yeah, thanks, Roger. So my background really is in PAing and project management. So I worked for um, around 10 years in in co- the corporate environment in the city as a PA. And I absolutely loved it, loved the team environment, loved working in the life and health insurance industry. But the time came when I had my son back in 2012, where actually I wanted to do something a little bit more flexible, actually probably answer a bit of a calling, if I'm honest. 
felt that I was destined for, for bigger and greater things. So um, I didn't return after maternity leave, but uh, rather than that, I, I set up my own virtual assistant business. So kind of looked at the skills that I had from my from my career to date and um, thought about where there was a great need and and what I could do going forward. So so set up my 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 VA business, Blossom Executive Support, which I ran uh, for for two years. And of course, um, you you were working for Swiss Re. I was yes in the Gherkin yes in London yes. And and you said that when you were working there as a PA, and you, you obviously had these ideas in your head of setting up your own business, and and virtual assistance is something we'll come on to talk about in a few moments. But were there any observations that you made about corporate life? not necessarily focused particularly on Swiss Re, but just corporate life in general that sort of, I don't know, et away in your head and thought, there are things that I could do perhaps that might be, that might improve upon this, or I could do this better or that better, that actually stimulated you towards your goal of starting uh, your virtual assistance business? Mm, yeah, I mean, obviously, working for large companies like Swiss Re, it's a multinational global company. The bureaucratic chain is high. Um, there's little little you can do to change the, um, the processes and things that are in place there. And I guess that that was frustrating and I kind of thought that there's got to be businesses out there well I knew of businesses out there that would would be working with Swiss Re and would find that kind of stuff frustrating themselves so there was definitely um, I was aware of businesses out there that would want to do things differently I also think that I from the networks that I had externally I was aware of, of other businesses that perhaps didn't want to have full-time support or were kind of watching their costs at the time given the climate and um, that's kind of where I was thinking I'd target my my services really in a in a way that meant that people wouldn't have to have high costs in terms of a, an employee they'd they'd take on ad hoc staff to, to support them in whichever area it was that they wanted just on a need basis really. Okay so, so you, you decided that um, after your maternity leave you weren't going to return to corporate life you wanted to set up this virtual assistance business. But before we get into the the mechanics of how you went about setting up that business, Charlotte, just tell everybody what a virtual assistant is. I sort of have this image in my head of some badly drawn computer animation on on a a video (laughs) screen sort of booking flights for you. And of course, it's not that. It's a real person. But what what, what is a virtual assistant? I love that image, Roger. So yes, a virtual assistant is, um, well, it can be a number of things. So it can be as simple as a virtual PA, so a PA that's not based in your office, that's working with you to manage your diary, book your appointments, uh, deal with your emails, kind of everything that a traditional PA would do if they were sat in your office. But it can be wider than that. It can be um, helping you out with social media. It can be helping you out with marketing. It can be <laughs> helping you out with building your web- website, your WordPress website, things like that. It's a virtual assistant really is a home-based worker that that you take on on an ad hoc or a or a rolling contract basis that can assist you in some of the areas of the business that perhaps you you would have usually got an employee to do if you were in a smaller company in a larger company. Apologies. And of course, I came across the term virtual assistant by listening to another podcast. I listen to a hell of a lot of podcasts, and this podcast <laughs> is called the the New Business Podcast. It's run by a an English gentleman called Chris Ducker, who actually lives in the 
Philippines. I think he yes. built he's built a call center and a, and, a, and a fabulous business out in the Philippines. He wrote a book about the advantages of um, virtual assistants, and I actually read that book um, just around the time that we started talking. And, and you've done some business for me as Roger Edwards Marketing, and also Make Sense Partners. And one of the terms that Chris Ducker uses, and, and you've used this term to me in conversations as well, is this sort of Superman syndrome. Yes. And, and I guess a lot of people who are listening to the podcast might be thinking, well, okay, virtual assistance is all very well, but I might as well just do it myself. And mm-hmm. and that's the Superman syndrome. So explain to me what the Superman syndrome is and why it's actually important to try and get over it. Yeah, and I mean, absolutely. It's I've experienced this in setting up and running my own businesses as well. It's you have your idea, you get your business going. And obviously, in the outset, you want to make sure that one, everything's being done right, which if you're anything like me, you know that you're the best, probably the best person to do that in the outset. And two, you don't want to share the costs with them, your, your profits with anyone in the early days. So as business owners, we tend to just take everything on ourselves and say, hey, I can probably do that. I can probably do that. But the reality is for for everybody that's doing that and doing the the things in their businesses that perhaps don't play to their strengths or their skill sets, you're actually costing your business money. Because if you're as a consultant charging 250 quid an hour and actually you're in that time, you're doing some invoicing or you're responding to a client's email or you're you're doing some of the back office functions, you're costing your, your business 250 pound an hour to do that. As virtual assistants, I mean, I know that Chris Ducker um, does advocate outsourcing on as a as a whole, but a UK virtual assistant can, can charge anything between 15 to 35 pounds an hour, depending on their experience and, and location. So actually you're only paying 15 to 35 pounds an hour for that service. Whereas, as I said earlier, if you're doing it yourself, you're costing your business 250 pounds an hour. Plus you're probably not the best person to be doing it. I know, and, and you know, this is such an important point, Charlotte, that we need really need to labour it. And I'm sitting here thinking I'm so guilty of doing this myself. <laughs> and I'm just thinking about, you know, I book myself a flight, I sort out my train ticket. Yes, I do my invoices. And for every hour that I spend doing that, that's mm-hmm. £250 potentially of, of my money, potential money that's gone. And it eats not only into the potential earnings, but it also eats into my creativity. So when I'm doing invoicing, I'm not thinking of ideas that might help my clients grow their businesses. When I'm booking travel, I'm not coming up with marketing plans and marketing strategies. And I do think this is such a super important point for us to think about is, uh, you know, what is your, what what is the contribution you're making to your business? How much is it worth? And can you actually get somebody to do the the back office stuff as as you've explained, which will free you up to do that most important stuff that you're really good at? Absolutely. And and also for the time that you're doing those other things that perhaps don't play to your skill sets, it's going to take you twice as long at least to do it as it would to um, to outsource it to someone that is skilled at doing that. I mean, again, a great, a great example. And this is such a basic example. But, you know, again, I've got the Superman syndrome. I'm writing an ebook, you know, a 20, 20 page ebook. And eventually my wife comes running up the stairs to find out what's wrong because I'm literally screaming at, at the screen because word for windows formatting is just going all over the place and I'm getting really stressed out and of course think okay I'm going to send this to Charlotte and within about half an hour you sent it back and it was perfectly formatted and you're thinking I've wasted maybe three hours trying to sort this out 
and I could have got somebody to do it. And okay, I've got to get over that mental block of saying, okay, there's the, there's the hourly rate that I've got to pay for the virtual assistants, but actually deduct that from the amount that I have wasted, and, and it's a bargain. Absolutely, and that's the mindset thing. It's, it's realising that, okay, yeah, you are paying somebody else to do to do those jobs that you might think that you can do in the first place, but actually you're costing your business your hourly rate when you do it. And when was the light bulb moment that made you think, right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to set up Blossom Executive Support. I'm going to set up this virtual assistance company. When was that moment of, of alacrity? Um, I think it was uh, around the August. I was meant to come come back for, to work in the in September, and I think it was around the August that I started to realise that that was actually a feasible idea. I went for a coffee with uh, the one and only Maggie Johnson. Oh yes, um, who also works in this industry, and she very kindly talked to me about um, her experience of, of being a VA and moving from employment to being a VA, and just hearing the way that she spoke about the job itself, but also the lifestyle she created around around that, it sold it to me in five minutes. And I knew that with my young family, that was absolutely the way forward for me. Okay. Um, and once you'd got the idea, how did you go about setting up Blossom Executive Support? So I, I investigated around some training courses that I could do um, on the VA side, because obviously I, I'd worked as a as a PA and project manager for years and years and years, but I didn't actually know how to work virtually and I didn't know how to set up or run a business. So I did the usual, I bought every single business book under the sun, including how to run a business um, for dummies <laughs> and, and read them all and um, tried to work out what my plan was. I actually signed up to a really useful um, course that um, they run specifically for virtual assistants that's called the Virtual Assistant and Coaching Academy course. And I did that. So I did that virtually with a coach and mentor for uh, about 15 weeks whilst I was well in, in tandem to running my setting up and running my business. And that really um, helped me with the mechanics around setting up a website, some basics around email marketing and social media and how to get out there, um, taught me how to do a pitch and network and basically gave me all of the bones to my business that I could then add my skills into. So yeah, I was kind of winging it for a little bit, but then by December I was up and running and working with clients. And of course, as a, as a former PA for Swiss Re, you would have had quite a lot of contacts to approach and to discuss your idea with. Did you find it difficult at first to get people to buy into the concept of virtual assistance? I mean, I have to think about the, the first few conversations I had with you. Mm -hmm. Admittedly, it did take a few conversations for you to sort of um, chip away at my Superman complex. <laughs> so uh, did, did you find that that was the same pattern with everybody Definitely. you spoke to? Definitely, and especially in the financial services industry more than others. I think it's, it's with the corporate world, it's they're used to an office and people physically being in that office. <clears throat> and I think back then, even the term virtual assistant was just not as well known as it is now. Um, when I was going to networking meetings back then, uh, not only would I have to say I'm a VA and this is what I do, I'd have to specifically explain, explain to people what a VA was. Whereas now I don't have that problem. I go there and more people go, oh, you're a VA. <laughs> they already know about that. So it was, it was hard in the outset to explain to people how that was beneficial to them. But I think once people got it, they were like, oh, yeah, okay. I see that could be really, really useful. And actually, I ended up, one of, well, my first client was a client that I that I knew from from working at Swiss Re. So, no, it was it was good. It was good, and I've still got those contacts in in that industry as well. Thinking about then financial services, and a lot of the people that are listening to the Empath Podcast of financial advice. 
surprises. And the feedback I get from the podcast listeners is they like to hear the sort of stories that you're telling. So they like to hear how people have built businesses, whether it's financial services business or financially related businesses. And Mm. people like to hear about the challenges. They like to hear about the successes. And they also like to hear about the advantages. So for the financial advisors and even the product providers listening to this podcast, what would you say a VA could bring to their business, which would free them up to focus mainly on what they're good at? So if it's a financial advisor, focus on giving advice. If they're, I don't know, a marketing agency, then focus on the creativity. What 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 are the takeaways? I think for IFAs, um, if they're part of a network, they get quite a lot of support, administrative support that way. And obviously they have power plans and, and things like that. But actually, for me, I think it's about getting out there more on social media and, and really improving online visibility. And I think using a, a VA or an OBM, an online business manager, can really help you to strategize and do that and get out there. And obviously more visibility online more presence on social media you're likely to get more clients so um i definitely think there's there's capacity to work with people in that regard i mean very early in my va journey rather than my online business manager journey i i was in conversations while i went and met with hannah foxley the late hannah foxley who passed away sadly at the beginning of last year um, about supporting her and her business and she was part of a network but equally um she was running a couple of different businesses ifa businesses at the same time and she was really looking for someone to be <laughs> their right hand woman and support her with her diary and really just make sure all of her ducks were in a row and she had everything in line she just was struggling with managing both of her businesses so that was kind of the conversation we were having at the time and i think for ifas it can be it can be quite lonely if you're not part of a network Indeed. And, and, and it's interesting to pick up on what you've said there, because, again, social media comes up time and time again on the podcast. And we all know there are advantages in using social media in prospecting for customers and, and, and gathering information and, and even promotion. But, of course, one of the biggest um, problems that people have with social media is that it does take up some time. And I've, I have these conversations with people all the time. I just haven't got time to be on Twitter. I haven't got time to be on LinkedIn. But what you're saying is you could work out. an editorial calendar or an editorial schedule with a virtual assistant discuss what you want to to put onto social media and then effectively delegate that social media activity to the virtual assistant is that what you're saying absolutely and there's a number of free um free i'm always a fan of a free system and free pieces of software that you can use to to almost schedule in posts or schedule in updates on twitter so what a lot of my clients do is that they would hand a load of content over, whether that's a, a blog or a newsletter or a, or tweets or Facebook messages or whatever it is. And then my team schedule that in. So they'd schedule in a month, two months worth of stuff. So you always know there's something going out. There's, some, there's that constant interaction with people. Okay, when you do that, it doesn't mean that you're actually being one-on-one interactive with people, but you can get a virtual assistant to do that as well. So there's a number of ways of ways to be constantly online, um, have an online presence. And I think that's an important part of it. I think if you're going to do it, you need to be there and commit to it and do it constantly. So that's where a VA can help you if you don't have the time to do it, as most business owners and consultants and IFAs don't. So you've developed Blossom Executive Support. That's been going really well. You mentioned just before online business management. 
Yes. OBM and that was a very subtle and very well uh, signposted segue into where we're, we're going to go next because you've just actually branched out a bit away from um, virtual assistant into the OBM area haven't you so tell us about Charlotte Wibberley right-hand woman. Yeah so um, so it was just a, a natural progression for me really when I was on maternity leave I really took the time to take stock and think about where I wanted to go what I was enjoying doing with my clients and kind of what was the next step forward for me so as part of being on maternity leave I'd already had to learn myself to delegate and pass off bits of my business to, to other VAs to support me whilst I had time off to look after my daughter to have my daughter so um, I was already thinking mm, that's quite a good model I like that and I trust it and I've really now been that business owner that's that's handed things over so um, so that's kind of where I've where I've ended up with Blossom in that I've got a team now of VAs that that do the that do the work with me um, and I I manage the relationships with my clients which is which which is what I love because I love talking with people and then on the Charlotte Wibberley side yeah I, thinking about what I enjoyed about what I was doing with my clients it was really around the the confidant talking with them about their goals and their plans and really working with them to to make that happen not in a business coaching way but in a in a realistic systems and strategies way so so that's my new offering really i'm i'm working with a small number of of business owners really as their as their right hand woman to to support them so uh, we sit down and we talk about their vision talk about their goals and work out plan out how that's going to happen so i really work with them to strategize around that Additionally to that, they the people that I'm that I'm working with really want to focus on what they got in business to do. Mm-hmm. So by having me on board, um, I'm that extra pair of hands that can really run everything on their behalf. So I kind of talk with them and 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 end up running their businesses as if it was my own. So really, I'm doing all of the business management side of it and they're focusing on what they're passionate about. So is online business management really just a sort of supercharged virtual assistant? Yes and no. <laughs> I've still got my VA skills and I obviously can get my hands dirty in their business when I want to, but really no, my role isn't to be in there doing the tasks. My role is to be there seeing the bigger picture and managing all of the VAs in their business that are doing the things for them. Right, so just just give us just give us an example of um, a piece of work that you might do as an OBM. Mm. Okay, so um, as an OBM, I might help them manage a product launch. So they might have something that they want to get out there to clients, and as part of that launch, it might involve building a campaign in Infusionsoft or another um, marketing system. It might include setting up some web pages. It might include building a social media strategy, all of those different tasks would be would have their own owners. I would be the project manager. Great stuff, Charlotte. It's really interesting looking at these different models, virtual assistance, online business management. What would be the one thing that you would like those people listening to the Empath podcast today to take away from the experiences you've had building Blossom Executive Support and now the Right Hand Woman Company? I was thinking about this question, Roger, and I mean, obviously, I want to say to people today um, and impress upon them how important it is to delegate out the tasks in your business that you that you need to. Um, I've experienced it myself and I really do practice what I preach. It's, um, it's key to moving your business forward. But I think also some of the, moving slightly back to the financial services industry and working with um, larger companies, I think some of the frustrations can come um, as contractors and, and IFAs and consultants when around payment and um, 
the bureaucracy around the procurement process. And I mean, so when I started working with my businesses, I was quite concerned about getting paid, to be perfectly frank, and how to make sure that I wasn't working for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I charge my clients up front. And if I've been through those difficult conversations where people say to me, oh, you know, well, why would I pay for something that I haven't had? And I say to them, well, you're not paying for something you that you're not going to get. You're paying for something that secures the time for you and me. And it it commits us both to that time as well. I find that the clients that pay up front are far more committed to making use of the the blocks of time that they've they've bought than people that use use me on an ad hoc basis. They really invest that time in their businesses. And I don't know if there's something there's a way that you can kind of transfer that to the financial services industry and almost be asking for payment up front because I know it can cause a lot of frustration when as a small business yourself a solopreneur you're thinking hang on I've done all this work and people owe me this much and actually I've not been paid people are paying for something up front then and there's a contract in place they know they're going to get it and it just secures it for for you and for that company and you're both going to be far more motivated to, to get involved and do do the best job that you can do I think that the issues around payment can really yeah break bridges and stuff like that that's really interesting, Charlotte, and, and, and you've given everybody a big takeaway, but I, I've sort of picked up on something as well whilst we've been talking. Not only can you help people to grow their businesses and to manage their businesses, but it sounds to me as if you can help people with their work-life balance as well. Absolutely. And I mean, to be clear, that's what was key when I started both of my businesses. I wanted something for myself that was flexible and would allow me to be there for my children and there for my husband and there for my family, as well as as doing something that I love. And and really, that's at the, the core of what I offer to other people, both both as a VA and as an online business manager. It's knowing that there's somebody in your business at all times running things so that you can feel that you can step away and and leave it behind for a minute so you yourself can do the school run or um, spend time with a family member or do that hobby that you've always wanted to do. It's it's really to maintain that lifestyle that that you want. Excellent. Charlotte, it's been fascinating to talk to you this morning about Blossom Executive Support, about virtual assistance, about online business management things that we can all benefit from not only from growing our businesses but also as you've just said helping us with our work-life balance before we go let's just go straight into the quick fire round of business questions charlotte if there was one thing that you could change about the financial services industry if someone gave you a magic wand to wave what would it be i think roger i'm i'm probably on the same page as most of your other um, podcast interviewees in that for me as a consumer it's simplification it's simplification around um wording and policies and everything as a consumer you just don't get it and we just need a more layman's terms way of understanding what's involved and what we're what we're paying for really and what that what that buys us i think from my um from my time in the claims team at swiss Re as well i'd probably say it's important to get more of the good news stories out always seems to be bad stories in the press what's the one business model or it could be a product or it could be a marketing campaign that's caught your attention in the last year tell us what it was and what you liked about it actually i'd probably rather just share the fact that it's as a whole from the experience of setting up my my two businesses i find myself 
more aware and interested in people's branding and websites than ever before in that I am really picky. If I go on to, I mean, my example that I'm thinking about now is the Sky website. Oh my gosh, I've just switched to Sky TV and their website is not intuitive. It is not easy to navigate. And you think, why? When you were building this, what were you thinking? Um, it's really not user-friendly. And I, I tend to find that actually now, I, I without even thinking about it, I'm flicking through people's websites and thinking, hmm, there's a typo there. Hmm, that's not quite right. Hmm. So yeah, that's a little bit of a curse. Actually. Oh, I always do that when I'm, <laughs> when I'm in a restaurant. I'm always proofreading the menu. Uh, tell us about an app or a gadget that's made a huge difference to your working life. Oh, there's so many. I'm an, I'm an app addict. For me, uh, online to-do list, so there's a fab app called Todoist and there's a fab project management app called Asana that I use every single day, social media. But I guess actually when I think about the one thing that for me that I use every single day that I absolutely couldn't live without, it's Skype. Being able to see people face to face when you're a home worker is just, yeah, really important. What's the best business book you've ever read? Tell us why you like it so much and what you took from it. Like you, Roger, I read um, I read Chris Ducker's Virtual Freedom, which talks about the importance of outsourcing um, in your business to grow your business. Um, so I loved that one. I own lots and lots and haven't finished many of them. Uh, the other one that I really like actually is um, The E-Myth Revisited by Michael um, E. Gerber, which is all around why small, some small businesses don't work and what you can do about it. So it talks about the entrepreneurial myth, the fact that most that most people who start small businesses are not entrepreneurs. And there's a fatal assumption as well that an, an individual that understands the technical work of a business can be sex, successfully run a business that does technical work. That's just not true. It's really fascinating because I think actually when you start on your entrepreneurial journey, you think, yeah, I can make this work. And, and the fact is you probably can, but it really pointed out some of the pitfalls for me. And finally, who would you most like to hear me interview on the Empath podcast from the financial service? industry. I think people will probably see it as a shameless plug, but um, my husband is starting his own consultancy uh, later this year. And uh, from, a, from a wife point of view, I'd really like to see him in the hot seat. But also, I think he might have some really interesting stuff to share with you. So perhaps that's one for the future. Great stuff. Now, before we sign off, Charlotte, I'm sure there's quite a few people listening to the podcast are going to want to get in touch with you. People are sitting there thinking, I've got Superman syndrome. I need to be <laughs> cured. So tell everyone, what's the best way they can connect with you? It could be Twitter, LinkedIn, email, or, or your websites. Absolutely, and it would be great to talk with people. Um, but probably the best way to get in contact with me is via email, which is charlotte at charlottewibberly.co.uk. My website, which is launching at the end of August, is um, charlottewibberly.co.uk. Alternatively, if they're Twitter people, then they can contact me at charlottewib. And all of those links, and also links to the apps we've talked about, Chris Ducker's book, I'll include those in the show notes, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk uk forward slash mpaf that's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash mpaf charlotte it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you this morning about blossom executive support about online business management about charlotte wibberley right hand woman let me wish you every success for the future and hope to speak to you again soon thanks roger listening to the marketing protection and finance podcast do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash mpaf for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed if you enjoyed the show please leave a review on itunes simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash itunes and leave a review 
If you are a provider or advisor or journalist and you have a product, campaign or business model you'd like to talk about, please get in touch. You could be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's all just thoughts and opinions, okay? Okay.